up, everybody, and welcome into episode 27 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about, I'm going to say it, Sam, two of the more hope-worthy teams in the NFL. Can I say that? Things have turned around in the last year. How's How the turntables. Uh, and those teams would be the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. I am Oscar Barkas, the other host you just heard. Is my boy Sam McFadden. Sam, how you doing? I'm sitting here, Oscar. I'm drinking a cold beer. It's Modelo time, fools. Oh, let's go. About football. Life does not get better than this much. Except for, and this might be getting ahead of ourselves here, but potentially an episode from Mexico coming to you. Oh, yeah. I think uh, vacation episode. uh, Vacation episode. The uh, WLTP goes tropical. I, I don't know. Yes, I love it. All I right. love it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so two weeks from now, Sam will be at the beaches in Mexico with me, and uh, we'll be ready to draft our fantasy football teams, and we'll be, I think, through all the preseason football games, so we'll be – uh, we should be. We should be. We're just going to be causing some problems down in Mexico. Oh, plenty of trouble. Um, we have a pretty good show for you guys today. I don't want to say legendary because we just uh, we just dropped the fact that we'll have a tropical episode here in a couple weeks. But um, some league-wide news. Results of the uh, first two preseason football games, and then a lot of fantasy football stuff. So, as Sam takes a sip from his koozie that's a AT and T golf bag. Yeah, it's actually the coolest koozie I own. It's a Jordan Speed AT and T golf bag. Best thing AT and T has given me. <laughs> besides the job, maybe. Besides, besides the job and money for that job. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Sam, you want to kick us off with a quick question? Uh, I would do that. I would do that if I had one in the chamber. So I'm going to. All right. I got. I got one in the chamber. Yes. I'm going to uh, change its color on the dock. Oh, look at you! Sneaky. All right. Um, so, a <clears throat> little bit of a lengthy one, lengthy opener. Kevin Clark works for the Ringer. Covers the NFL in general, uh, wrote a piece on the rebuilding lions and how, um, they feel as though they're getting to a place in their rebuild where things may be turning their way. Uh, I'm not sure. Sh- this is almost the saddest part of it because <laughs> the lions can't be good. It's like no, they, they haven't in their entire in their entire history. Yeah, more optimism right now than maybe ever in our entire lives. And the Lions have had some okay teams in our lives, and this is not. I mean, they drafted Matthew Stafford number one overall and had Calvin Johnson on their team. So, uh, and and Barry Sanders at one point. So, uh, but anyway. Talking to their general manager, he really mentioned building through the draft. He used to work for the Rams, and they, of course, drafted Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Um, 
So building around their key pieces. So I'm going to turn focus to the Jags here. If the Jags win a Super Bowl in the next 10 or so years, how many current players are on that Super Bowl roster? And who are they? Jeez. I think, I mean, the obvious one is Trevor's on that team. If we win a Super Bowl next year, Trevor's the quarterback almost. Um, I think Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker are probably on that team. Unless we're getting towards the back end. With Ed Dreschers, you know, I hope they're on that team. Hopefully they're on that team. (laughs) Um, Who else we got? Uh, You're really into Tyson Campbell recently, so. You know, you're right. We're talking about a Jaguars team that's just won a Super Bowl. That means a lot of things have gone right. Tyson Campbell, definitely on that team. And and a stud. That's that's one of the things it's going to take to get us anywhere close. Campbell's on that team. Yeah. I'll say Travis is on this team for at least five years of those ten. Um, with running running backs is, is the one that especially is you never know. We'll probably have a different running back in the next uh, running back. Most likely. Unless you win a lot sooner than I expect you to. Every single player on the cast is right now. Um <clears throat> Who else? I'm gonna say Wyatt just said Christian Kirk Super Bowl MVP. I mean Kirk will be on this team for a while. Kirk, Kirk's a good one because he'll be on this team for a long time. I think um Zay Jones is gonna be on this team for a while. <laughs> no. No. no he, he, we'll talk about it more in the with the Jaguars later, but Zay Jones is our ex receiver. Like he's the guy. Yeah, over Marvin Jones. But you'd think that as the team drafts and develops over the next couple of years, you draft a Justin Jefferson esque ex receiver at some point. It's, I, some of these linebackers would probably be on that core. You'd hope so. Spent a lot of assets on those boys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I could. For some reason, I you know I know Chad, uh, Chad Muma was our third rounder. I for some reason our first round yeah. pick that was a f- linebacker is slipping my. I, the name is. Slipping. Oh my God! What's his name? Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Yeah. If we're a Super Bowl contender, he's a he's a then he's the stud he's supposed to be. Um. So you know those guys. Our offensive line will probably all change by then. I hope so. Unless uh, what's his name out of Stanford works out as your one of your tackles. Oh yeah. The bottom line is there's there's not that many players. We just named more players than the Lions piece talked about. If I'm going to be honest, that's true. That's true. Well, that doesn't surprise the, the the problem is this: people are all in on the Lions. People love the Lions. I love the Lions. It's a cool story. They're a fun team. We love their head coach. Great. They're a bad football team. They're bad at football. Texans this year. Not hard to do. Would you be shocked, like shocked, if the Lions were worse than the Texans by the New No. No. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would put a good amount of money that they win two to three more football games. I would too. I'm just saying I would be I would be very surprised if the Lions won eight games, seven, eight games. I would be very surprised. I don't know. NFC is weak this year, bro. Yeah, but the Lions are too. They have the best line in the NFL. 
We'll see how much. Maybe not know the Lions or the Eagles have the best line in the NFL, but they're close. It's up there. We'll yeah. talk about it. We'll talk about it a little. We'll talk about some of these players a little bit later too in the fantasy section of this pod. I, I got yeah. something to talk about. Okay. Um, since we're still talking about the uh, Lions piece, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I texted Connor individually, but since he's in here, might as well say it. Their general manager kept phrasing, making references as if they're building a house. And he said, some fans want us to put on the Spanish tile and the, you know, bamboo wooden floors or whatever. I'm all about putting in HVAC. Putting in HVAC? Yeah, speaking right to Connor's language. I think he's a Lions fan now. I'm going to say it right now. HVAC, overrated. Overrated Uh-oh. piece. Overrated piece of uh, making homes, making buildings. I don't think we need it, and that's not because Sam, we're friends with Connor. Sam, we have five people in this listening to this podcast right now. I don't. I don't want to exile one of them. I just listen. I'll fight anyone who works with HVAC right now. Okay. All right. Uh, Sydney just joined the oh, hey, chat and said that. She felt left out. She's in the other room right now, uh, and she felt left out not being able to hear you. Oh, well, hey, Sid. Nice to, nice to know that you're listening to my silky voice. Uh, yeah, but my, my better half on this podcast, um, Sydney, you can see her now. Um, okay, well, I'll hop right into my quick question. I do have one. Um, what is, the, what is your, one of your biggest pet peeves? specifically having to do with uh, anything around football. I can give you my example while you think about it for a second. My example is the tarping that they put down on the sidelines of games. I'm sure there's a one. There has to be a reason for it that I'm not aware of, but it seems so stupid to me because you see people slip on, slip and fall on it all the time to have that tarping down on a field where a bunch of, where everyone's wearing cleats. Ended Reggie Bush's career. Yeah, so that's my big pet peeve. Oscar, anything come to mind? Uh, I mean, recently it's been the refs. Why are they so involved with the football game? And it's only getting more involved. Yeah. Uh, they So they started last season. Remember how good the first month of football was last year? Sure they started, like, emphasizing or de-emphasizing penalties, not calling a whole lot. Um and then it and and offenses were scoring at like the highest levels ever, and then it completely flipped. They started calling all this taunting bullshit. Remember they they decided the the Bears uh, Steelers game. I want to say oh with that taunting call. Yes. yes, and it was bullshit. It was such a bad call. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the refs have only gotten worse. I mean. They brought this back. They brought. They took this back away. But back when they took away celebrations, oh god, the roughing the pass and stuff. Well, that's still going on. Haunting after our after sacks and stuff like that. It's it's ridiculous. It people like watching personalities play football. Yeah. Trying to take all the personally personality out of it. I think it's a really bad idea. Yeah, it's bad news. Football. I get like I get like refs have worked 
their way up from Pop Warner football all the way up. They, they do it just like NFL players do. Not saying it's nearly as hard, but they, they have worked for it. So when they get to the national stage, I guess you want to like feel like you're a part of the game, but like that's not your job. But even I mean, you gotta. I want to watch football with with one of these refs, right, at Hockley or somebody, and see what he says when refs keep screwing up the game, slowing it down. It's more fun to watch when they're not involved. So I don't know. Yep. All right. Um. Should we should we move into another part of the pod? Absolutely. Uh, not too much other sports stuff going on. Um, mentioned it last week, AM football this month. I'm pumped. Sam is lighting a candle right now, giving everyone the uh, visual experience of the pod. He's trying to just trying to improve the ambiance, improve the smell in here and all that. Yeah, Set the and, mood. AM football is coming quick. We're number six in the rankings, which is really high. And for those of you who don't know, Every time we get ranked highly in the preseason rankings, we disappoint so bad. Yeah. I think we usually end up unranked on those seasons. So, you know, those seasons – I but we didn't have the number one recruiting class in the nation in any of those seasons. Number one recruiting class ever. Right, right. Suck it, Alabama. Um, so things will be different this year. The only thing that really scares me is the quarterback situation. Yet to name a starting quarterback. It's not named one yet. There's three or four options to choose from. Um, the kid out of LSU. We got a new rookie coming in. I'm the 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 deal is there's no one on this roster. I think that for me, it just absolutely blows me away. Is like that's a stud quarterback. So. Yeah, the only one that I've like actually seen play is Max Johnson, the the transfer from LSU, and he didn't look very good last year, but he also played for a poor LSU team that was getting over the Ed Orgeron years. Um, He's highly recruited. Like people have super. He was a pretty highly sought after transfer too, so you know. But he's left-handed, so. Oh, fuck that. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, uh, yeah, Haynes King has played like 50 snaps or something like that. I, uh, I would um, say this, more so than in the past. We've In the past couple of seasons, we've had different quarterbacks have to start multiple games with injuries and all that stuff. If that happens this year, I feel more confident because I feel like – Oh, way better. We got, we got depth. Really yeah. Um, so I, you know, we've definitely improved from a quarterback standpoint. I just there's going to be other teams that are really good that have stud quarterbacks that can, that can carry the game. I'm not sure we have that. No, That's we it. have to play Bryce Young this year, uh, and we don't have anyone that we know of. Hey, we beat him last year. Sure did with uh, Zach Calzada at quarterback, and all three of our quarterbacks this year are better than Zach Calzada. Absolutely, absolutely. But Bama's going to be coming for blood when we play that. Oh, for sure, for uh, sure. Speaking of Bama, their opponent week two is Texas, which I texted our friends that, about this because I found it hilarious. I had no idea Alabama was going to play Texas this year. 
Um, I can't remember the last time they put. It hasn't happened in recent. A long time. No. And I cannot wait to see them get absolutely creamed by Alabama. In uh, DKS. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And um, yeah, they they play in Austin, so they are entering the season unranked, which I'm a little upset about. I was really hoping they would get a ranking so that they could fall out. Now they have nothing to lose, which is unfortunate. Fair enough. But yeah. I'm hoping what happens is they play really, really well week one against the, whoever they play against and then come in with a like a ranked like 24th in the nation or something like that to just get absolutely creamed by Alabama. Yeah, uh, yeah in the uh, preseason coaches poll, we mentioned this last week, I think, they were 18th, which is like – ridiculous they went five and seven last year and some people were thinking that so at first i thought sarkeesian was the reason they got a first place vote which probably carried a lot of the weight to put them 18th a lot of people thought steve sarkeesian was the one that uh gave them the first place vote but he didn't get a vote this year Okay, okay. I was about to say that because... <laughs> so a lot of the speculation has been, I think they play UTSA week one, so yeah. maybe their coach gave them that first place vote, or Saban gave them that first place vote, just to light a fire under his team and be like, look... They got you... a first place vote? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But they're, they're not ranked in the uh, AP poll, which is the poll that actually matters, so... Right, right. Um, anyway, I, I hope they just get creamed. I, I can't yeah. wait until they join the SEC. I have to imagine that we'll be put in the same division as them. Sure will. I, I have to imagine they'll want us to play every single year. The SEC will. So um, can't run Only from us. on Thanksgiving. Yeah, can't run can't run from us forever. And I really hope we're still very good within it. I hope so too. All right. We should be based on our recruiting classes and everything, but. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway, NFL, uh, when I created the show doc on Saturday or Sunday, whenever I did it, I put Deshaun question mark thinking by this point, the verdict would be out on the, uh, heart of Peter Harvey. I I think that's his name. Uh, the independent arbitrators final ruling. Right. Um, and we have not heard. Nothing yet. Just update if anyone hasn't heard about it yet. Um, the league came back on the six-game suspension, and they're appealing it to try and get a indefinite or at least a year suspension for Deshaun Watson. Um, and I think that was completely expected. Absolutely. Um, I think that I also tend to side on the, be on the side of things that I think it, it'll be bumped up. Oh, will. I think he'll get a year. Roger Goodell said that he is pushing for a year. He allowed himself to be quoted saying it needs to be at least a year. Yeah, so I, I, I think it'll end up being at least a year. Um, it'll be interesting to see the backlash and all that stuff. I'll be the real thing I'm interested in is to see how Cleveland reacts, see how the fan base reacts, because when they first signed him, all the fans there's a bunch of outrage about it and stuff like that. The second this last arbitration process ended and they and he got handed a six-game suspension, a bunch of Browns fans the next day all over him, supporting him, you know, all that stuff. It'll be interesting once they bump it back up to a year and stuff like that, what they'll say. 
Um, but the whole thing's such a bad taste in my Oh, for sure. And then he before the first preseason game, the Browns actually played the Jags, and it was the first football game Deshaun had played in well over a year. Um, someone released an interview where he was standing in, like, sweatpants in a random hallway talking to a reporter saying, I apologize to all the women who I may have affected through this process which goes back on a couple weeks ago, his team released a statement saying that he didn't feel any remorse. He's, he's happy with every action he's taken in his life. Um, so a lot of back and forth here. And then his team proposed a 10 game suspension and a $5 million fine to the NFL. And that was leaked. A $5 million um, fine to the NFL? No, no, no. His team pitched that, Oh, oh, oh. Offer 10-game suspension, $5 million fine to Deshaun. So if he's – if they're going to the league and saying, we'll do this, then they think it's going to be more. So it will be. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of – you know, I, I don't even know what to think anymore about – like, I, I, there's, I have no expectations for this thing anymore. So yeah. continue, continuously been let down through this process and all that stuff. I, I just, you know. We should find out in the next couple of days what the suspension looks like. Yeah, I, yeah. If it ends up being the full year that I, I do think that the NFL is going to come out with, uh, Deshaun and the NFLPA will sue, but. In the collective bargaining agreement, the NFL basically made it so that they cannot lose in that scenario. They, I don't, I don't know the exact terminology, but yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that I, I've never really understood through this whole process and through this process every single time is like whenever they were talking about what what the suspension might be before the first arbitration went out, was they would always say the NFL wants at least a year. And then they would say, Deshaun's camp says they aren't going to settle for anything more than six games. And my whole point through the process is, why does Deshaun's camp have a say in how many games the league allows him? I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Um, it's, it's, this is not a um, – these, these cases aren't, are no longer like to see if he is um, going to jail or anything like that. It's purely what's happening within the NFL – so I yeah. do feel like the NFL should have final say on any yeah. of this stuff. If they think he should be suspended a year. They should be able to do that, and he shouldn't have a say in it. But, you know. And at this point, they will. Right. right. Um, at this point, they will. It's just taking a couple extra steps to get there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, some more around the NFL news. A lot of offensive line injuries. We talked about the Bucks starting center going down, Ryan Jensen. Their backup center is also dealing with some injuries, but he's not out for the full year. Um, the Browns center, Nick Harris, was injured on the second play of the game versus the Jaguars. And then their backup center tore their ACL in practice Monday. I did not know that their backup center got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is so J.C. Treader, who was their center last year, the Browns center, is still a free agent. And um, 
I have to assume either if Deshaun ends up playing this year or he gets suspended and they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, the Browns are going to look into another center, probably J.C. Treader. I would assume but, that they'd sign J.C. Treader for sure. Cause... But with the Bucks scenario, maybe he's like, I have a much better chance winning the Super Bowl with them. I mean, I'd rather sign with the Bucks than the Browns right now. Absolutely. Not get booed every game. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, I do think speaking to Jimmy G, if uh, Deshaun is suspended for the full year, that's, I think he'll be a Brown. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the Browns have already talked. The Browns it already got leaked. The Browns are talking actively talking about it. So they should be. I mean. The 49ers will be happy to get whatever they can from a desperate Browns team. And it'll be like a fourth-round pick or something like that. Like they, they don't have a whole lot of leverage there because Jimmy G is like $25 million on their cap. And as of now, they can't afford him. Right. Um, but the Browns are also desperate, so we'll see. As a fan of the team who owns the Browns' first-round pick next year, I'd rather they ride it out with Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> but uh, I do think that that's what they'll do. They, the rest of that team is so good. Like, can't waste another year of that. I mean, yeah. They've already wasted so many years <laughs> on this, like, really good team that the Browns usually don't have. Um, I don't have high hopes for them right now. Um, I think that if we're talking team of destiny type stuff, they're the opposite of that. Oh, 100%. Probably, probably be a worse, worse than expected team this year. If you if you go by those rules, which sometimes I do. With some teams, I definitely do. There's usually a couple teams that do feel like – I mean, the Bengals last year. That was team of destiny. Team of destiny, absolutely. So I'm kind of um, being the opposite on them right now. We'll see how that goes. After I saw the tweet that their backup center towards ACL, I saw someone comment, did Deshaun bring back the Browns curse? Because the Browns have been cursed forever. Maybe. And the top reply was, did it ever leave? <laughs> I mean, they were fan favorites for a couple of years. Sure were. Not anymore. No, uh, last bit of injury news here before we move on. Zach Wilson had a non-contact injury pretty early in the uh, Jets' preseason game. Looked scary. A lot of Twitter doctors came out of the woodwork saying, definitely a torn ACL, no need to even check. Not a torn ACL, it's a bone bruise and a slight meniscus tear. Um, He's out somewhere between two and four weeks. Has a shot to play week one. Even if he doesn't, he'll be back pretty quickly. This is a good time to bring up the the fact that I don't trust or listen to Twitter doctors ever on ever ever, ever. every they are everywhere. And I mean, I mean, first of all, the most famous one, Pro Football Doc. Read into that guy a little bit. There's a lot of shady stuff going on with that guy. I don't trust him. Tons. It's actually super interesting. He's stuff. the guy that uh, that punctured Tyrod's lung with yep. the Chargers. Mm-hmm. 
he's super shady guy. If you're ever interested in a in a pretty fascinating read, read up on everything he's done um, in the past. And he is like the most famous pro football or like football doctor on the on Twitter right now. I don't trust anyone except for what the team releases saying happened to the guy. And this is a good this is a good um, piece of advice that we'll talk like for fantasy and stuff like that, which we'll get into some fantasy stuff later. But like I get certain game, just wait. The team will release the injury soon enough. Yep. And don't listen to what the coach is saying either, to oh, be yeah. clear. The coach, the coach doesn't know. That's the deal. After a game, the coach doesn't know yet. And there, some coaches are going to way underestimate, and some coaches are going to way overestimate. Let the let the actual team PR release the, the statement the from the doctors. The ever been. It's just a whole <laughs> Yep. Uh, more Jets injuries. Makai Becton, their uh, former left tackle, was going to move to right tackle uh, this season, is out for the season. I don't know exactly what his injury is, but it's too bad. I mean, he was really a really, really good rookie um, in a class full of very good tackles. That was the uh, Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills. Uh, Injury riddled second year in the league. Too. Yeah. And now he's and then, out. Now, so. Yeah. He's yeah. just a really big dude and uh, has fluctuated weight quite a bit. People have been all over him about that. And, I, you know, being a big dude already, yeah, hard, to, hard on your body. I see this on the NBA, too. Being that massive is it's really hard to stay healthy. So, I, you know. Yeah. Wishing the best for him. Hopefully this year he can figure out the conditioning necessary to uh, be able to play. But right. the Jets had already been talking to Dwayne Brown and uh, then went ahead and signed him. So now their tackles are the former Seahawks tackles. They have Dwayne Brown now as their left tackle. George Fant, who's going to play left tackle this year, shifts back to right tackle, which is how it was for Russ in Seattle. It's all right. Like their line it's, was already mediocre, and it just stays in that mediocre it's tier. Fine. But like, yeah. Russ's O line was never anything to admire. In well, Russ never had an interior. They have uh, Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard. Um, I forget who their center is, but he's all right. I mean, not great. He'll be fine. They're not going to be spectacular, though. Not uh, not great, considering Zach Wilson was injured quite a bit last year, is now injured again. And this is like the year for the Jets to figure out uh, how, how Zach Wilson affects their future. Because so, Let me ask you this. The Jets end up with four wins. Right. Do they move on from Zach Wilson? I would. I already am out on Zach Wilson, okay. if I'm going to be honest. He uh, all reports out of New York camp from from their beat reporters, and beat reporters are usually pretty, uh, what's it called, favorable to the team. They, yeah. They're, they're okay. trying to stay positive. All reports are that Joe Flacco has looked the better quarterback all off season, and Joe Flacco is elite. I mean, he's a pretty good quarterback. 
No, I'm with you. I'm not sold on Zach Wilson either. I, I don't think it's that big a deal to just let that one go and, and try for something, especially in a quarterback class that's coming up that has a couple of studs in it. Not the worst time to be looking for them. Um, we'll see if they lose enough games to be in there, though. Yeah, uh, I think they will. And I said it last week. I have more confidence in the fact that Davis Mills is the Texans' long-term starter than that Zach Wilson is the Jets, but I'm also a little biased. Yeah. Last but last little tidbit I wanted to say before we get into the preseason stuff. Um, we did our team draft last week. Go back and listen if you haven't already. We never mentioned how it scored, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, each of us gets a point for each win that the team uh, has in the regular season. Five points for making the playoffs, five points for making the divisional round, ten for making the conference championship, ten for making the Super Bowl, and then five for winning the Super Bowl. We'll give some updates throughout the year uh, as to how we're doing. Oscars on the comeback trail. I have to be. You, you killed me last year, so this well, is my year. Because the Bengals, to be fair, but yeah, uh, I we looked at it trying to find this year's Bengals for one of the two of us, and I'm not too confident. The problem but, just doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, throw me some De- Jags thoughts. You uh, lost 24 to 13 versus the Browns, but while the starters were playing, you looked pretty good. Agreed, agreed. And I want to preface this by saying I've watched a lot of highlights and stuff like that, but my general rule on preseason is I hate it and I don't want to watch it, so I don't watch most of it. It's fake football, not real football. But I did watch the starters play because that is kind I did of – I too. Yeah. I want to see Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, stuff like that. I want to see Trayvon Walker, all that good stuff. Biggest thing I can say, and this is, has nothing to do with how – the Jaguar. Well, it has a little something to do with it. The biggest thing is just the Deshaun Watson stuff. Deshaun yeah. played in this game. We held him to, uh, I believe it was seven total yards. Yeah, one for five, seven yards. One for five. And that was on a couple of drives. And I could not be happier. Yeah, it was awesome. I watched. We killed it. Um, and it was so much fun. But getting, onto, get, getting more onto the Jags. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I remain very high on him. I think he, I think he has all, still has all the makings of a stud. I, I am very excited to see what he does this year, and I think that a lot of people will be looking at him very differently next offseason as opposed to this one. Oh, yeah. I've said that since the beginning. Um, Travis Etienne, I loved the usage he got. He was on the field for a ton of snaps. He got used in 12 of 20, 12 of 20 snaps he's on the field. He got used either as a rush or as a pass, which is absurd usage that will not. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's not gonna hold up throughout the season. But, um, but it's wonderful to see if you're looking at him from a Jags perspective, using him, or from a fantasy perspective. That's awesome to see. I will say, he did get a target right to his chest, right through his hands. Don't love to see that. So. No. Um, he's touted as a fantastic receiving back. Hopefully that was just a one-time lapse in judgment. We'll see as more ju- uh, if he plays more uh, in this preseason. I don't know how, how safe they're going to play with him. 
I would rather play it very safe. Um, but don't love to see a drop on the first couple of plays as, as a Jaguar. Yeah, and he uh, carried the ball nine times for 23 yards, which isn't like a great yards per carry, but the on-the-field product was a lot better than that, I would say. He showed a lot of burst, and most of the Jags linemen were not playing. Um, so he was getting hit like right in the backfield. I will say there was there was one other play that worries the heck out of me with Travis Etienne. He got the ball in the backfield. Lineman opened up a hole, a whole guy wide. He could run right through it. He ran towards the hole, jump cut away from it. Yeah. Got tackled for a loss. He saw the hole. He ran away from it. The problem, the one thing I can, the problem I see is Travis Etienne is used to being faster and better than everyone on that field. That's no longer the case. Yep. Because he hasn't played since college. Has to know and get it through his head. If there is a hole especially one that is wide enough for your shoulders to fit through without touching anybody. You take that. Have to. Yeah. You have to every time you cannot think about it. You can't be, you can't be that cautious um, as a running back in the league. So I, I'm a little worried because he's been around. He, he has obviously he was hurt all last season, but he had a, he had a, um, a, a bit of an off season last season. He had this whole off season now and he hasn't, and he still made that mistake. So we'll see. Uh, that's something I will be looking for moving forward to see how he takes advantage of, of those holes that his offensive line does take, that, that, that they do make for him. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it was like, like you said, his first game action in well over a year. Yeah. So um, I'm giving him a little bit – I'm trying to give him a little bit of grace here. Just watch it, Travis. Watch it. <laughs> Sam's got his eyes on you, Travis. Uh, speaking, going back to the Deshaun stuff, uh, the Browns were booed when they took the field, and when Deshaun took his first snap, the crowd was chanting, you sick fuck, which I loved. <laughs> I think it's the harshest chant I've ever heard. Yeah. I think. Without a doubt. I mean, maybe some in, like, Premier League soccer somewhere, I'm sure – the British have some very ugly chants, but it's not a real sport though. So that doesn't count. Oh, fair. Um, <laughs> um, but that, that chant was genuinely pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, also like hard to deal with as a team. I hope that, um, the only thing I hope is that if Deshaun plays this season, Fans of the fans of the league, not fans of the Browns. Fans of the league keep that energy throughout the season. All year, all year. We talked about it before, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it's an important subject. And these NFL players often people people are appalled by what they do for about a week. Yeah, and then it's brushed under the rug. We look at Ezekiel Elliott or Kareem Hunt, or the the list is. Harry Kill, yeah. The list is Ben Roethlisberger. The list is very long of people that did horrible things that only had to deal with the repercussions for a very short amount of time. And I hope that that changes. Unfortunately, I think odds are against that happening, but we'll see. This is this does feel different. This 
This so, does feel different. This was so publicized that like. Yeah, this does, has felt different. So I have, I have optimism here. I just hope that people keep the same, you know, fervor. Yeah, Jackson just said that it's going to be like after the Astros cheating scandal came out, which is a good point. But even that didn't last super long. It was just the 60-game COVID season, and now people seem to have moved on. Kind of. But that's also like a different – it's cheating in the sport versus being an awful person in real life. So we'll see. Usually, usually, unfortunately, fans hold on to this stuff longer when it's – cheating the sport than yeah. something to people outside of it. That's Fair enough. Anyway. Yeah. Jackson also posed another question going back a little bit to Zach Wilson. I, I think it's important to ask on the pod though. He said, if Zach Wilson plays the majority of the four one season, that probably has an effect on it. If it, he doesn't, they probably keep him around. They're keeping him around regardless. Cause he's a, on a, on a rookie contract, which is cheap for the first four years. I mean, um, they, I could see them pulling a Sam Darnold, trade him. Some other, I mean, Zach Wilson is young enough and not proven enough to where, like, I could see another team wanting to be like, yeah, we'll take a swing in Zach Wilson. Why not? Yep. Uh, I think that you're right, though. If he's out with injuries, he probably gets another shot next year to be their starter. Um, if he plays the majority of the games, he's probably they're they're going to look towards another quarterback in the draft. Um, That's fair. All right, you want to tell us a little bit about the Texans? Yeah. Uh, so we won 17-13 versus the Saints. Um, our starting offense looked really bad. We gave Davis Mills two drives. He went three for four with 14 yards, no first downs. I'm not going to put that on all on Davis. Uh, he was throwing a lot of check downs, which supposedly he's been doing a lot in practice. Uh, he needs to be more aggressive. Play calling needs to be more aggressive. But it was preseason week one. We probably didn't want to show too much of our stuff. Also, he was not helped out. A whole lot. Uh, I mean, most of the starting line was not playing, but Marlon Mack ran straight into the back of the line like two times on both drives. And third and long is hard to overcome from any quarterback. Um, But I question why he only played two drives. Uh, I guess the team's confident. He's our starter for the season, so we don't really need to see a whole lot of him. But the Jags are confident that Trevor's going to be their starter for the whole season, and he got he played into the second quarter. So, I personally stay on the fact on the side of I don't want my players playing. Yeah, that's where I stand. I think that they should be ready for NFL action if they aren't, especially on teams like ours that are bad. Figure out week one. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And if he's bad this year, it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> like we'll. We'll have a high pick and take someone else. Uh, our backup quarterback, Kyle Allen, Texas A&M legend, got COVID like the day before the game. So former tight end convert Jeff Driscoll had to play for like three hours. And uh, I didn't watch 
most of it. I watched the very end of the game because we came back, scored like right at the end of the game to win, which was pretty awesome. But I never need to see Jeff Driscoll play quarterback ever again. He threw three picks. (laughs) The experience was awful. What was awesome, as soon as Jeff Driscoll came on the field, so did Damian Pierce. And he fucking rocked. He was so good. His first carry was for 20 yards. I was waiting for you to bring this up. Actually, you know, I, you talk about Damian Pierce first. You talk about. I him. wrote his name in all caps. I am all in. And this is before we even drafted him. I said someone's going to get a steal in the third or fourth. Happened to be my team, so like, of course, I'm even more in. Uh, he ran five carries, 49 yards. That's almost 10 yards of carry, baby. I'm stoked. And here's the thing. He's still going to be the third stringer on the depth chart come week one. And I'm, I'm emotionally prepared for that. Uh, but it was crazy because he was, like, trending on Twitter. And, like, all of NFL Twitter and all of fantasy football Twitter was all in. He jumped, like, 40 ADP spots pretty much overnight. People are going crazy about him. I would say slow your roll. Hold on. Still the Texans. Um, and and this coaching staff really values veterans. So, like I said, he will not be the starter week one. If he's not the starter by, like, week four, we are not putting the best team on the field. Uh, that's a direct quote from from a long-time ter- ter- long Texans reporter. Uh, he's really good, man. I'll, I'll pass it to you. Well, I was hoping you would bring this. I knew you would bring this up. I had to, yeah. Because he did look great in the preseason game. And I did see it absolutely go nuts all over social media. People were losing their minds. Yeah. And I, to be fair to Oscar, he is very reserved with this stuff, which it's very, it would be very easy to lose your shit over this, something like this. And I think he's right to be a little less optimistic about it, a little more pessimistic about it. Because he won't, he won't start week one and stuff like that. And this is the Texans. And it's been a while since the Texans have done a whole lot of right things with their football team. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be very frustrating. I do think Damian Pierce is really talented, though. You, ha- I mean, I will give you credit. You talked about him in the, in the, before he was drafted, all that stuff. You were very high on him. I'm not totally sold on it. I'm I'm more on the camp of, yeah, he looked really good, which is awesome. But who was he playing against? And it was the second stringers for sure. Yeah, I mean if that. Yeah, I mean it was it was still the first quarter when he was playing. Okay. He played he played for two drives and after his fifth carry we pulled him. Right. Which bodes well for his for what they think of him. That bodes really yeah. well. You know, I just again I'm going to be very pessimistic about him, um, fantasy-wise, stuff like that, until I see him week one play. Um, that being said, 
he, I mean, he's the type of guy in fantasy. I haven't seen where his ADP is now. I can check while I'm talking, but um, he's the type of guy, player that we we're going to talk about taking swings. He's the 114th player off the board right now. Uh, taking swings is, is a That's, big part of fantasy football. 114 is still all right. Like I would take him yeah, in that no, zone. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I would I would happily take a swing on that. The other running backs going near him. Here's some players going near him. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, Darius Tony, Mike Gesicki, Michael Carter, Damian Pierce, Derek Carr, Isaiah Spiller, who was who is I believe the fourth running back on the roster right now in on, on the Chargers. Yeah, Russell Gage, James Robinson. Those are the so players. yeah. I, in that range, absolutely. Here's the deal. By the time we draft, if he keeps playing like this in the preseason, he's going to go in like the eighth or ninth round. Right. And that's, that's a little rich. That's, that's current. Where he's being drafted right now is currently the middle of the eighth round. Well, that's in our league. Right. Which with, is weird. with a lot of keepers. So, so that's, that's a two round boost. More like a tenth round. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to start going in like the eighth, maybe creep into the seventh. And that's a little rich for me. Nice. But like you said, he's got a lot of upside. He's, in my opinion, already the best running back on the Texans. Uh, and though we're going to be a mediocre at best offense, I do think that by the second half of the year, he's going to be receiving the majority of the touches in our backfield. And that's, not something you get a whole lot in the tenth round. So, and, and it's it's worth being mentioned too. And I'll be the one to say it so that it doesn't. It's not coming from a homer. There's a world in which the Texans have a good offense this year. It's not that far fetched. Davis Mills just has to be pretty good. Brandon Cooks, we know he's fantastic. Damian oh, yeah. looks like he is a very serviceable serviceable back at, at the very least. That's something they have not had in a while. Not since Arian Foster. <laughs> not to mention. Um, Nico Collins has looked really good in camp. He has. Yes, sir. And there's he could absolutely break out. So, and their offensive line is not terrible. Like it's good. not 32nd in the league anymore. <laughs> it's a Brevin Jordan, a tight end. Last yes, sir. Game. Yes, sir. He could take a step forward. So the the Texans offense, there's the, it's not necessarily going to just be trash. Um, I appreciate you saying that because that's all I've been thinking, but I don't want to be the homer, like you said. You just can't be the one to say it. Yeah, no, yeah. no. It's not going to be that surprising if the Texans come out and have a middle-of-the-road offense. They're not going to be lighting the world on fire or anything like that. But, you know, a top 22 offense? Yes, sir. Not bottom 10 anymore, baby. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. So. I have some optimism as far as the Texans go. And let right me, uh, oh, go ahead. Let me throw some water on your fire. Going yes, back to Damian please. Pierce. Please. He is number 31. That's the number he chose. The last running back to wear number 31 on the Texans, David Johnson. So. David Johnson, Texan, <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move to the other side of the ball. Our defense forced three turnovers, and I will say one of them was complete luck. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, go ahead. I'll go back to you. you, No, no, no. I I can say after the Texans thing. Go ahead. Okay. Um, And one of them, Ian Book, dropped the snap. It rolled straight to Ogbo Ankaronkwo, our uh, defensive end. He picked it up. Lucky. But we had two other picks, um, both really good plays. And at this point, Dalton texted me, my buddy Dalton, my other Texans fan friend, uh, and said, we're getting some lucky-ass turnovers. And at this point, I think you can almost expect those because Levy Smith prioritizes turnovers so much. For a bad defense last year, we were still top 10 in turnovers. Levy Smith defenses have always been top 10. So I think it's like, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, it's the same reason Trev- Trayvon Diggs is thought of as a good quarterback right now. That man, if you watch him on every snap of, of a game, Trayvon Diggs prioritize I mean, he will go all out specifically for turnovers. Yep. He is throwing caution to the wind on a lot of these plays where he got picks if he had just been a little too, like a little second later or something like that, it's a touchdown. It's a long touchdown. Yeah. And so you're, he's throwing caution to win on these things, and it worked out for him last season. Um, but it's also the reason why people, I mean, it's the same reason why people don't really think of Trayvon Diggs as a top, top, top tier cornerback. Is the same reason why we won't look at, if the Texans are top 10 in turnovers, we're not going to look at him and say like, oh, that's a very good defense. Yeah, and – in future years, I would prefer us not prioritize turnovers as much and let them happen. But with the defense we currently have, with a lot of young players, a defense that's probably bottom eight in talent still, hell yeah, go for it. Get the ball back to the offense. I think it, I think it too, because the, the way you upset teams that are a lot better than you is turnovers, winning that turnover battle. So. I get, yeah, we I get, beat the. Uh, guarantee the Texans we, win one or two games this season, and they have, and in those games they have a couple big turnovers. I, I can almost guarantee you. Beat the Titans in Nashville last year in the pouring rain because Ryan Tannehill threw four picks. So, mm-hmm. I uh, I'm excited. And speaking of the defense, uh, Derek Stingley, who we took third overall, did not play. He's still working his way back from a hamstring injury. Um, I really really like that we're letting him take his time because like i said we're not going to be good however our other high draft pick in the secondary jalen petrie who we took 37th overall first of all has been killing it in camp he and damian pierce have been our camp stars like everyone universally is saying these guys look good and he looked even better in the preseason game He, he had five tackles one for a loss Almost caught one of the picks that we had. Tremont Smith came in and took it from him. He's a ball hawk, and he hits hard. People are comparing him to the Honey Badger and to Buda Baker, and if he's anywhere close to one of those guys, I love it. Oh, he's, he has been a stud. And the Texans, the Texans draft already has looked like it's, it's going to be one of the best of this year. Um, those three guys, and, Jan, Jan Petrie and uh, Derek Singley, all look fantastic and maybe the best Texans draft ever, which is again, not a very high bar to cross, but uh, 
pour some water. It is preseason week one we're talking about. Yep, yep. Uh, but one last thought on Jalen Petrie, and then we got a couple other thoughts to cover before we hit fantasy really quick. We're nearing an hour. Um, I talked about taking Derek Stingley for offensive or defensive rookie of the year last year or last week. I, I placed a bet on it. Jalen Petrie is currently 70 to one to win defensive rookie of the year. And he's going to get a ton of tackles and leading the league in tackles as a rookie is almost a guarantee to uh, win the defensive rookie of the year. I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, if you're, if you're in a state where you can bet. Oscar Barkas, you do realize that you're saying that your offensive rookie is going to win up, is going to be the best rookie in the league. And both of your top defensive rookies that you drafted are both going to be the best defensive rookies. I'm not saying. Okay, I'm just, just saying. Out what's happening right now. So yeah. and none of them win any of those accolades. And the Texans win three games. I'm not going to be that surprised, no. <laughs> um, I would like to take this time to say screw Oscar for adding this into the show back, too. Jalen Ramsey recently <laughs> talked about Taven Bryant, which honestly, you probably have no idea who Taven Bryant is. You probably yeah. wouldn't know him if you weren't a Jags fan or just a very stupidly into football fan like me and Oscar are. Uh, Taven Bryant is the man we took in the same draft as Lamar Jackson. Yep. We took him before Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like four or five picks before. Yeah, and Jalen Ramsey talked. I I didn't hear the uh, I didn't hear the surrounding conversation if there was one, but he basically just said we could have had Lamar Jackson, and it's just a n- another knife in the heart because we could have, and that would be sick. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a completely different universe. Calais Campbell was still would still be on the team probably. We yeah. tried Super Bowl. <laughs> Almost definitely. Uh, that's that's why we have this podcast. So Sam, it's uh, it's therapy. So if so if either of our teams win the Super Bowl while we still have this podcast, do we just have to end it? Are we done? No, because we get to gloat for a while, right? Yeah, I guess we just gloat. Yeah. First yeah. Time. All right. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say when. I'm gonna say if the Texans win a Super Bowl while we're still having this podcast, it's gonna be very hard for Sam to report to work for a little bit. I will. Hate, I will hate life at that. Point. <laughs> oh, the Jaguars have to win for the Texans. Oh god, I'll lose my mind. Anyway, um, let's do a, little, a real quick fantasy corner here. Um, talk through a couple things. Um, we us personally. Um, we have our home league that a lot of our listeners are a part of. Same guys for a long time, dating back to high school and all that, um, which is, I think, I can I speak for all of us in that league. It's the best league we have. Oh, without a doubt. Win fantasy is the best when it's with the, the same people for so long, built up rivalries and, and hatreds, and there's people with multiple championships, people with none. It's, just, it's, it's so great. Um who has multiple championships and who has none, Sam? Oscar? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Championships and I have zero currently. But I, uh, with that comment, I just secured myself a spot in the losers bracket. So 
Yep. How dare you? Um, no, the trash check starts now. Um, it's it's going to be great. Um, we'll be drafting here in about a week and a half, um, like 10 days or something like that, which is really exciting. Um, yeah. Any thoughts? Any any thoughts on that league at all? One thing I will say, if there's anyone in listening that isn't a part of that league, something we're adding this season, or I think we're adding this season, um, is after each week, the lowest scorer on the week has to send in a video to the rest of us, shotgunning a beer, and then, you know, I think they should make some predictions for what's going to happen this next week. Maybe call Absolutely. us... Maybe call out trash talk someone who they think is going to score the least. Maybe call out some matchup wins and losses, stuff like that. Have some fun with it. But, you know, the more interaction, the deal is the more interaction that you have in a league, the better the league is. Without a doubt. So anything you can do to up that, up, up it, up the interaction, like outside of the regular Thursday through Sunday in a health games, the better it is. Yeah, and we've been better about that of late. I think we, we started a group chat, and then we've been using the app to talk a little bit and moving from Yahoo to Sleeper now three years ago was like the best decision we could ever make. You should always be on Sleeper. Any league you have should be on Sleeper. Yeah, I, uh, I'm in a league with some Connect friends, one of my organizations from A&M, and last year before we started the league, I said it should not be through the ESPN app. We should use Sleeper. They didn't listen. This year, I'm making a push. I've got a couple guys on board, but it looks like it's going to be through ESPN again. And it sucks because that means I have to have the ESPN app. And that thing is garbage. Um, I'll one-up you on a, on, a, on a bad beat as far as fantasy goes. I recently got, I'm at, I got added into a work fantasy league with a bunch of guys that I that – I, a bunch of friends I have through work. And I'm excited about it. It's great. They're, um, I think I told you about this, but their punishment last year was the loser had to do it, had to do stand up comedy at an open mic night, and we get to write all the all the jokes, and he just has to read them off, which is absurd and over the top, and I love it. Um, but I got into the league, and the first thing I sent was, "Hey guys, like, let's do this." And then I said, "Hey, new league, but do you guys do kickers and defenses? Because we need to cut that shit out right now." And they put it to a poll, and I was the only person in the 12-man league that oh, no. I got no. three, to one. That is tough. That was my first move as part of this league. That's a tough look for me. Yeah. That means I'm the league nerd. That sucks. Sure does. Yeah, you are the nerd. You're the guy that doesn't like football. So. Jeez. All right. Anyway, um, I guess the last thing we can do real quick as far as fantasy is, is concerned is we should talk through if you if we have any um, specific you know my guys or guys we're higher on or lower on than consensus than ADP. Um, if anyone comes to mind right off the top of your head, um, I definitely have one, and I mentioned I alluded to him earlier. Yeah, you give it, you give it. DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift is the guy I'm going to talk about that I'm lower on than I think a lot of people are. He's going in the first round. Um, and in our league, that's with keepers. He's going right at the end of the first round, beginning of second, as far as ADP, 13th player off the board. Um, and I just, I'm really scared about DeAndre Swift for a couple of reasons that may be unfair to him. One, it's the Lions, guys. Yeah, there you There's go. A couple of things that have been able, that you've been able to count on in fantasy and football, all that stuff. And the Lions don't have good running backs. They never do. 
I mean, have have they had anyone cross a thousand yards recently? Not since Barry Sanders, I don't think. Barry Sanders, yeah. Yeah. DeAndre Swift did not do it last year. And granted, he had some injury stuff going on last year, so it makes sense why he wouldn't. My only thing is, people got all hyped up on Carryon Johnson, way hyped up on. People have gotten hyped up on Lions running backs before. At one point, people were even getting real hyped up on Amir Abdullah. You remember that? Sure were. That was a while. And he's making he's making a research. He's making a comeback on the uh, Raiders. But my point is, and DeAndre Swift has shown more already than either of those guys ever showed in, in the NFL. I will give him that. He's fantastic. My only point is, no one is going to be shocked if two years from now, DeAndre Swift is not the Lions starting running back. Oh, like, no, no, no. He's another, but, another one. We, we were wrong again. I yeah. am, I'm not spending my first pick. Well, um, he's the second pick in most most drafts. If someone he's going off the board thirteenth. Uh, no, never mind. Yeah. I I'm not taking him that high. I'm not taking a Lions player that high. I refuse to. Um, I I'm I'm fine if I take you know who's the next player down. If I take, you know, Stefan Diggs is going after him. I'll take Stefan. Yeah, absolutely. Gladly, you know. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is going before him. I'll take Travis Kelsey. You know, that's all I'm saying. CD Lamb is going after him. I'm I'm higher on CD than I am. Yeah, my point is, I I there's certain teams that scare me. The Lions are one of them, and and people are so high on the Lions, so high on DeAndre Swift. And he has a lot of talent and definitely could produce. He could be – DeAndre Swift, don't get me wrong, could finish as the number one running back in, in fantasy this year. He could do that. He could. That is – there's not that many running backs that that's within the realm of possibilities. He fits – like he could do that. He'll do it on yeah. some team. Unless, yeah, he falls. Unless he falls. This is and we, uh, we talked – when we first started talking about fantasy – early on this offseason about me. I don't have a second-round pick, so my first rounder really matters because I go first and then third and then my two keepers. So I, I really don't have a whole lot of optionality in my picks. And he was a name that I brought up as someone that I may draft with my 10th uh, overall pick. And like we said, we've, we've got some uh, keepers before – him so the draft has shifted up a little bit uh i think i'm out i i have a couple other names in mind that i will be drafting before him yeah i just oh i will also say that people so i've i've seen this is ridiculous grand but i've seen a couple of people talking about jamal williams after hard knocks came out and stuff like that jamal williams does get carries DeAndre Swift is not going to be affected by Jamal Williams. That is not. No, no. And Jamal Williams, with a running back like uh, DeAndre Swift, you want a guy like Jamal Williams Williams in the backfield to spell him so he doesn't get 30 carries a game. Look at Aaron Jones over in Green Bay. He scored more when AJ Dillon was involved in the game. Yep. It, it's, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to negatively affect him. It's simply, it's other factors, outside factors. So since uh, since we're talking about guys we're hiring lower on, this this 
is good timing by me. I recently just made my personal fantasy rankings. I did, let's see. I did 25 quarterbacks just so I could rank Davis Mills 25th. Really, it was like 20 quarterbacks that I that I put effort into. I did 60 running, 50 running backs, 70 receivers, and 20 tight ends. Gotcha. Um, and then I I did the top 150, which cut some of those players at the bottom out. Um, <clears throat> so I and then I added in the sleeper ADP next to it so I could see what the difference between my rank and the ADP was. Yeah. I'm a nerd. I get it. Um, my, I, have, I have the same file. <laughs> We're clear. I have, I have almost exactly the same file. Which is why we host a podcast yeah. um, talking about football. So the guy that I am the lowest on compared to consensus in the first almost 20 picks is Derrick Henry, who in ADP is third overall right now. And I have him ranked 12th. And I may be low. I think you are a little low. I think you're low. But the running backs that I have before him – Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, and then I guess the the, the big deal breaker here is I have Joe Mixon sixth over Derrick Henry. But that's, I think, how I'd take it. Take him. I have him in the same tier, so, you know. You make a good point, though, because Derrick Henry, he's going to fall off a cliff at some point. He's defied it for a long time, longer than most, but it will come for him. Yeah. I think he's going to step back, take a step back this season too, but a step back for Derrick Henry is still a stud running back. So Yeah, I mean, I have him seventh. Like, he's going to finish in the top 12 most likely, but I just think I'm lower on the Titans, and that's, you know, good point for our AFC South podcast. The Titans very well could be bad this year. They could. they could. Their defense, their defense is better than it has been in the last like five-ish years, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they traded away AJ Brown. Derrick Henry is another year older and uh, coming off a pretty major injury. Ryan Tannehill, like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, give me another guy. Let's do one or two more guys that you're higher or lower on, uh, and then we can get out of here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, let's see. Um, okay, okay, I got one. Well, actually, I'm not. We already talked about this guy. I'm not. I'm not that much crazy lower on him than consensus. One guy I just have caution about that I'll mention real quick is Jalen Waddle. Me and Oscar talked about him a little bit before this pod. We're both just a little cautious with him. Yeah. As opposed to ADP. I've seen people rank him in the top twelve as a top twelve wide receiver. And listen, he was really good PPR wise last year. He got a f- hundred and forty targets. I do not think that happens again. No. I think it's going to take a step back. So just, you know, exercise caution with uh with him. Um Okay, here's one. Here's one that I'm going to bring up because I – jury's still out. 
Jury has been, okay. I've been changing my mind on this guy all offseason. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Okay. Extremely talented wide receiver. Very. Shown he has the stuff to be really good in this league. Plays for the Bears. I didn't, I didn't see where I didn't I don't know where he finished last year. Um, he was a top twenty wide top, receiver. He was a top yeah he was a top twenty receiver. Um, he got 140 targets. I think it's very clear that he could totally get 140 again because absolutely he's the only guy there. Yeah. They have been hit with injuries and all that stuff. He's the only dude there. So I want to say he's going to get a ton of targets. And he's really good, so he should be fine for fantasy. But the Bears are so bad. Yeah. They're so bad. Very. So, early on in this offseason, all the way in on him. All the way in on Darnell Mooney. At his ADP, he's in the fifth, sixth round. In our league, he's probably closer to seventh round in in other leagues. Um, All in there. But the Bears just keep getting worse. Injuries keep happening, stuff like that. Justin Fields, I think he has talent, but I don't know. I I just I think that I think it's pretty obvious that the Bears are going to be the worst team in the league this year. Yeah. And I'm not sure I want any piece of it. That is fair. Because you have to remember also, if you pick a player. And you play him because if I have if I have Darnell Mooney, he'll be playing. I will have to watch Bears games. You make a good point here. Here's some players going near him. Adam Thielen's one ra- one after him. I would much rather watch a Vikings game. Yeah, much rather. And Adam Thielen's and Adam Thielen's going to score eight more touchdowns than Darnell Mooney this year. I mean, you can't score touchdowns if you never go anywhere. Yeah. I really like Darnell Mooney, and he's been a steal in fantasy for the last couple years. And he's playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with. I think we can say that without a doubt. I mean, chances are – I mean, I'm still kind of in. Yeah. So he's being drafted uh, 72nd overall, and I have him ranked 59th on my top 150. So I'm still in where he's being drafted, but you're right. There are players around him that I would rather have more. It's hurting me. It's, it, would, it would hurt me a little bit to draft him. That's all I'm saying. Same goes for David Montgomery for the same reasons. Oh, I'm, I'm out on David Montgomery. David Let's Montgomery. see where I – That would have been a good one to talk about. David Montgomery, I'm pretty out on as well. I have him uh, somewhere in here. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'd say the guy that I am the highest on compared to consensus in the in in the zone where it matters. Okay, I have David Montgomery. He's being drafted 35th. I have him ranked 87th, <laughs> which is probably which is probably a little low. It's a little low. But I'm just out. Like I'm I'm not drafting him. Fair enough. And you need to have. He's a starting running back in the NFL, which is valuable in fantasy. Uh, but he's being drafted in the same range as like Cam Akers, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne. I'd rather have all three of those guys, like by far. Okay. Um, guy that I'm highest on in the top 30 compared to consensus, without a doubt, Mike Williams. 
and this is probably a little biased because he was my guy last year, and he hurt me for a lot of the year last year, but at the start of the year and the end of the year, he, he really helped my team. Yeah. He is being drafted 51st overall, and I have him 29th. Yeah. He's my wide receiver 11. I'm super high on him too. Yeah. He has not cracked my top 12 yet, but I'm very, very high on him. Um, and the only the only thing holding you back right now with Mike Williams is the inconsistency last year. But I think this is the year where he truly takes the step and becomes – Keenan Allen is still going to see heavy usage. I'm not saying he's Absolutely. not. Absolutely. usage. I think Mike Williams takes that step this year to becoming the alpha receiver on that team. Yeah, and Keenan Allen's aging a little bit. They just paid Mike Williams. They invested a lot into him. Three years, $60 million. Top 10 paid wide receiver in the league now. And I, I think he's worth it. Like, And Justin Herbert seems to like targeting him, oh, yeah. which is important. The thing that fell off from week six to week 12 or 13 last year was the creativity in the offense. They went from using Mike Williams on these little dig routes and like getting the ball in his hands fast to using him how they had the previous four years, which was just like a down-the-field target. And towards the end of the year, they started using him like they should again. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot on this podcast. We're, we're both big on Justin Herbert. I think he's has pretty good odds to win the MVP this year. And uh, if he does, Mike Williams is, is a big reason why. I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm with you on this one. Uh, Mike Williams, it'll be interesting to see where he goes in our league. Yeah, sure will. Um, also, we can both laugh at whoever takes David Montgomery. Sure can. He's gonna watch. He's gonna go in the second. I'm calling it right. Oh, now. if he does. Right now. Sam and I will be together, so we don't even have to like pretend that we like picks. Yeah. We can just turn the mute on Zoom yeah. and die laughing. Uh, okay, I'm going to make a call right now. Nobody tell him this. Hopefully he doesn't listen back to it. He's no longer listening. Josh Burrow takes David Montgomery in the second round. Oh, or the third round. He's it's, he's at the swing, so one of those picks will be David Montgomery. I sure hope so. And for your sake, that'd be nice because you weren't going to take him in the third round, and you're a couple picks after Josh. So I'm right. I'm right. another player. Yeah, we're sandwiched together. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, one last thing I want to say, if you, you can have a closing thought after this also. This is changing a little bit because the quarterback position is so overvalued in fantasy, especially if they're a running quarterback. But there are also so many good quarterbacks in the NFL now. Don't draft a quarterback in the second round. Josh Allen is going in the second round right now. He is going 22nd overall. I have him. I still have him as a top three round pick. I have him 35th. If he fell to me in the third round, I would definitely consider taking him. I can't in our league. He's a keeper. If you're drafting a quarterback in the second round, you are wasting that pick because Josh Allen, MVP, very, very good player, phenomenal fantasy asset. I would not be surprised whatsoever if he finished below Jalen Hurts this year in fantasy and Jalen Hurts is going six rounds after him. Yeah, I'm much more interested in the, in the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts range 
maybe mix in some Dak later on. If you're really interested, I'm kind of out on that. But Russ is in that range. Trey Lance is a little later. Trey Lance. I mean, if you really want to get crazy, take a Kirk Cousins. He's not going to kill you, but he's not going to kill Derek you. Derek Carr. Um, here's one. Here's one. Trevor Lawrence. Yes, sir. Late Your boy. Swing. Late swing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was going in the third round two years ago, I believe. And you can now get him in like the 10th or 11th, depending on where you draft. I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. He lost Devontae Adams, but in the games that he hasn't played with Devontae Adams in the last five years, he is the number one quarterback in fantasy. Yeah, no, I, I'm in on Aaron Rodgers too this year. I, I'm in on the, you know, we've t- we talked about the Packers a little bit last week on the team draft. Um, I took them with my second pick. Yeah, they're gonna be fine. Um, but that was my that was my big closing thought, uh, Sam. If you got anything, and then we can let our our listeners I, go. I'm just excited for football. I'm excited for fantasy. This is one of the most exci- excruciating parts of the year. Is just <laughs> waiting. I spend so much of my time, a stupid amount of my time, looking at this stuff right now. I mean, I, we, you and I have been for for a while now, but it's yeah. taking up so much of my time, and I want yeah. it to be worth it. And once we get to the draft, it will be. Um, Especially because we draft on the beach this year. My last, my last piece of advice to everyone is: try your best on the draft. Sure. Yeah. Great. It it it, it goes a long way. It does. Try it's one best. of the best days of the year, like you said. Remember, if you are one of those teams, because there will be a couple of teams that you'll sit back after your draft and go, what the hell happened? What happened? Everything went wrong. And then I was panicking, and I hate my team. It's fine. It is actually fine. The season hasn't even started yet, and a lot of things are going to change. A lot of things are going to happen during the season. Injuries happen. Replacements happen. Trades happen. That's a big one. Stay active during trade the season. Trade a lot. Stay yeah. active during the season. That's how you win championships. Trade out trade often. Be active on the waiver wire. Don't be afraid. Play a couple players come up every single year that you that you could spend almost all your fab on or a ton of your fab on, because they might be stellar. Don't be afraid to take us one of those swings. If you're sure on if you're sure about your guy, go for it. Because those guys you're spending one, two dollars on likely are never gonna see your starting lineup. Take a swing on a guy who could who could get actually crack it. So yeah, there will be an Elijah Mitchell this next year. Spend seventy percent of your auction budget on him. Don't look back because you'll yeah. actually getting a quality player. Um, Speaking to the draft, uh, Wyatt can attest to this. I walked out of the draft last year pissed. I thought my draft was awful. I picked Cooper Cup in the fourth round, and I was like, man, I should have picked Robert Woods. He's been the better Rams receiver in the last couple of years. He won the Triple Crown. You never know. And you draft for the first, like, five weeks of the season. Yep. Your team should not look the same Yeah. at that point. Anyway, yeah. I think that's where we, we can leave it off for the fans. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We are sickos. Uh, I am on vacation and created my top 150. Yeah. My girlfriend – I'm very lucky to have my girlfriend. Oh, actually, you know what I'll end it on? I'll end it with a shout-out to Sydney Angles because 
uh, I don't know if she showed you this. She, I'm sure you saw she posted on her like close friends Instagram story um, a picture of y- of your spreadsheet, and it was like <laughs> something about my boyfriend is making spreadsheets on vacation, stuff like that. And he made me forced me to blur out all the <laughs> ranking information. My friends, yeah, you and Wyatt and Josh and Connor are all on that story. Maybe Jackson. Like I don't. I saw that and I sent her a message back <laughs> saying, "Good on you, good on him," because I absolutely would have tried to, try, I would absolutely would have taken that information. So, yeah, uh, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> be careful, Oscar. We have a new avenue to get to your fantasy information. Yeah. Sure do. I'm sure Sydney would gladly give it up too because uh... she's already sent me a flash. She already took all the information onto a flash drive, sent it to me. Oh, Jackson just said I'm not on the private story. She hates me. Dang. Sorry to, sorry to cause uh, drama. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah. Great episode. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll be back hopefully in the next week, week and a half, two weeks. We'll be back next week. We've got to talk about the next preseason game. That's true. That's true. Um, and we'll talk be- about all the updates on our spreadsheets because be- I said – I said that after I made it, I told myself, no updates. It's it's set. And today I went in and moved Clyde Edwards-Alaire up from my like running back 36 to my running back 20 or something like that. <laughs> so I'm a sicko. We're all sickos. It's all I think about a lot of the day. Anyway, love you Thank guys. you, Samuel. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you to Microsoft Excel. Uh... <laughs> And thank you to the listeners, as always, for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We will be back next week.